Sup, Lords of Pain, and welcome to the right side of the pond. It is Friday, and your ears do not deceive you. Mazza has made his long-awaited return. It's not been quite as long as, like, Chris Jericho in 07 or, you know, uh, Brock Lesnar in uh, 2011, was that? <laughs> Brock, Brock Lesnar every time he has to defend the title. Yeah, uh, yeah, actually, that's probably a better comparison for you, isn't it? It's like, you are part-time Brock now. But... Um, <laughs> Plan uh, is is uh, apparently doing overtime. I mean, who even knew that Plan did work? But apparently so. Uh, so Maz is uh, is here, and um, we're going to have a little pause from the retro series, um, because we're coming towards, of course, the end of the decade. And we looked before on the pond back in the spring at uh, some matches of the decade. And so Maz and I got our heads together, and we thought, what's quite interesting is actually just to compare the WWE products in 2000 to 2010 or 2009 and then from 2010 to 2020 and see you know if if uh well what comparisons there are which one we think ultimately comes out a little bit better so we've got a few different categories that we're gonna we're gonna take a look at um to see what we think about those eras really um because both of them have got a lot of merits, but then also a lot of demerits. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it's wrestling. It, it happens. There are high points. There are low points. And obviously, over the course of 10 years, there's there's going to be there's going to be both. Um, I do wonder going into the next 10 years, hopefully there'll be both. Doesn't look promising right now, but, you know, I'm sure there will be. Yeah, they always kind of come back around eventually, don't they? It's like you, you wonder what it might take, whether it does, in fact, take, you know, Vince being incapacitated in some way uh, or, or whether, you know, there'll be something else which will, uh, which will, you know, kind of force a switch. But, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to just wait and see. So let's let's start by talking about uh, creative then. Uh, obviously, at the moment, we are in a period of, of, of very poor creative um but we've also seen this decade some of their best creative ever so it's a bit of an odd one but if we compare say where we were in january 2000 to where we were in january 2010 say you, you there's no contest is there because you're in, in the middle of the mcmahon helmsley era on the one hand and then start of 2010 i'm not even sure if i could tell you what was going on yeah i mean that's it isn't it i mean um you're talking about when you come to 2000 that the, the 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 part of the attitude era which you know a lot of the things that people say are not so good about the era were, were tending to fall away at that point so you creatively you were on a really really good really good run you know it was just a lot of great storylines across the board so you know you're talking about arguably the best creative point in the history of the company uh, at that point slap bang in the middle of it you know on that run to put wcw out of business on that run where so many people were watching week in week out and you know it, there were missteps of course there were missteps that again like i say wrestling there's so much content out there, even for just the WWE, before you look at other companies, you know, there's, they're not going to get everything right. They're never going to get everything wrong either. But um, yeah, I mean, wrestling as, as hot as it ever was really at that point. And, you know, 
going through the, the next couple of years. You know, we, we've talked about the invasion not that long ago and raved about how good it was creatively. And, you know, then again, you, you as you push through that decade a bit, then it, it kind of splits, doesn't it, really, with the brand spirit, where a, a lot of people see it going in there too. But like I say, as for 2010, the start of that decade, oh, you're talking about the middle of the John Cena era and, you know, no mid-carders managing to get through and, you know, tough times. Tough times are... Yeah, I guess getting towards the end of the tough times, you're heading towards a period where it will... where people start to break through, like, you know, Punk first and foremost, Brian, and then, you know, The Shield coming through. But, yeah, 2010 was, was dark days for sure. It's interesting, because if you think about, like, those early 2000s, like, in 2000s, you got famous... You know, kind of famous things like right at the beginning of the year, you get the whole Cactus Jack uh, reveal and the, the the feud that made Triple H what he would become. Um, you've got the Rockers top guy for most of the year because Austin's out with an injury. Um, Kurt Angle is um, first he's, he's Euro Continental Champion and, you know, and, and then he's King of the Ring. Um, and, you know, he would be champion by the end of that year. Um you know, you get WrestleMania 17, 18, 19, that incredible trilogy uh, in, in that kind of time frame. You got like TLC being created, um, you know, the, with the, that, tag, that sort of tag division of three just absolutely knocking out the park, you know, becoming becoming future stars, particularly, particularly Edge. Um, and as you say, you've also got the brand split and certainly at the beginning of the brand split, um, you know, especially on SmackDown, there was just some, again, that Heyman, you know, that Heyman written SmackDown in those early days was yeah. still held up by people today as, as some of the best, you know, week to week television they put out. So not only do you have this 2000, which is for many people, WWF's WWE's best year ever, then you've also got 2002, uh, into 2003 on SmackDown, which is seen as being maybe the next best. Um, so it's it's very much a fertile period. But I think creative is always tied as well to the stars that you've got. And obviously, when you're dealing with people of the caliber of Rock, Kurt Angle, Undertaker, Kane, Austin, you know, uh, Foley at the beginning, you know, and then you get the guys like Edge, Guerrero, um, Benoit, all Benoit. kind of coming yeah. through then suddenly, you know, it's, it's almost difficult not to write good TV for them. But of course, I guess the exception is Raw with Triple H as champion in 03, 04, where, you know, again, a lot of people would put that that era of Monday Night Raw as being amongst the worst in Monday Night Raw's history. Yeah, it's it's one of those things, isn't it? It's, it, it's not remembered well, you know, it, it's Triple H post the first quarter, so, you know, he wasn't quite the same and he was dominant and they obviously thought nobody could come near him so you know you had him and you had evolution but there, there wasn't you know there wasn't much competition and any competition that there was wasn't really competition uh, i think that that was the, the long and short of it really for raw during that era yeah no i, th- I think it, it, it was like 
they didn't necessarily always balance those rosters out very well. So if even if you look at the guys that Triple H was wrestling, you know, aside from, yeah, you know, I mean, aside from arguably Booker, who'd been a five-time world champion on a, on, a, on another show, it they're not sort of they're not a list of guys. Like yes, he buried them, and yes, the creative was poorly written for him to bury them. But at the same time, were any of them on his level? You no, and that, that's always been my argument with it there. You know, I guess the flip side is it is maybe he should have brought them up to his level quicker or creative should have brought them up to his level quicker. But, you know, it was a case of, you know, they're in a holding pattern waiting for Cena, weren't they, really? Waiting for Cena, Orton and Batista, should, should we say. Those were the really the ones that, that, that were the ones that were coming up. But, you know... Austin had, had gone, Rock had gone, you know, his his two main guys had gone. Benoit took a while to get to the top, but was, you know, often on the other show. And, you know, as soon as Benoit did get there, you know, Triple H put him over. So, you know, the, the, the case wasn't made really for Benoit. And, you know, Angle often wasn't in the same um on the same show and so those were two who were there or thereabouts and I, I guess probably could have done more with Jericho during that time I think that's probably the big missed opportunity there um, but the argument is uh, my argument always is Kane Booker RVD weren't weren't really the guys so yeah maybe roster balance was was the issue, you know, they're in the holding pattern, you know, eventually Cena came up and Triple H did the business with him. He did the business with Batista, you know, Orton, they tried to, that went wrong early on, you know, uh, for whatever reason. But, you know, and like I said, with Benoit, they did it with Benoit when Benoit came over. So, you know, it's there. And obviously you had the Shawn Michaels comeback, which, uh, took a lot of time um, in that era too. So, yeah, it's hard to say really, you know, Scott Steiner was never going to be uh, the long-term solution though. Certainly not a, a Scott Steiner whose body was completely broken down at the time as well. Like he just couldn't, he couldn't do the things that he, he could do like earlier in his career, you know, I mean, yeah. I think Scott Steiner, you know, three or four years before would have been an amazing addition for, for WWF, yeah, sure. but it was just kind of the wrong timing. I mean, it's interesting, like, the obviously they put all their eggs in the Brock basket and then suddenly he went and they were left with having to, to boost Cena and Batista much quicker than they otherwise might have done. And, and that's always been, I think, mine and Plan's argument about, you know, the way that these cast of 2008 mid-carders got held down because essentially Cena and Orton... Uh, and Batista all got promoted. I guess you've always said with Batista, you kind of had to do it with that because of his age. You kind of had to do it or not, didn't you? But yeah. But, but certainly with Cena and Orton, they 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 were world champions in their well early twenties for Orton, mid twenties for Cena, um, and they were still in their the primes of their careers when these guys were were getting hot in the mid card. Your Morrisons and your Benjamins and your mm. and you know later later Miz and Punk like. And so you had yeah. this, this logjam, and of course you still had from rock and wrestling. You still had Taker and Michaels, <laughs> you know, yeah. from uh, 
you know, you still had uh, Kane from the beginning of the Attitude Era. So it was all these people that were still around. People's careers were going on to almost unprecedented levels. You even had Ric Flair still wrestling se- semi-regularly <laughs> until 2009. So it's, yeah, it's it's certainly a... Oh, 2008, rather. It, it's, it's certainly a sort of a strange... Um, strange kind of combination of circumstance in those early 2000s, mid-2000s, where they obviously promoted promoted Cena, promoted Orton, promoted Batista, but even Batista was gone at the beginning of 2010. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if you think about how 2010 begins, you've got a comeback edge winning the Rumble in what would end up being his last year with the company, pretty much. Um, you've got uh, Batista getting ready for a heel turn or just had his heel turn and is sort of, you know, about to uh, have that few Cena and go off. Um, Jericho isn't far off the point where he's going to leave again. And obviously then he'd come back later and have the odd intermittent return. So it's like uh, there was that space you felt in 2010, 2011 and it didn't quite happen, which is why the punk thing, when it did happen, was such a massive deal. Because it felt like the biggest shift in creative for about 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it, it was a huge, huge deal at the time. And it was, you know, sure, biggest shift in creative. But like I say, you know, it was something new for us because it did, nothing felt new. And whenever something did feel new, it just disappeared you know 2010 will for me ever be the year of the nexus which is one of WWE's biggest blown opportunities of all time it was so hot at points and you know they got it wrong yet it was so good the idea the concept was so good you know they kept having a chance to save it and they just didn't they just you know blew it up again and again and again and again you know, and so by the time that punk thing happened, it was like, oh, my word, hallelujah, because, you know, punk had caught fire. You know, I'd, I'd say, I mean, punk was an interesting one, wasn't he? Because he was one of those that had a lot of fans already from from the indie scene. And he was there in WWE as a face. I, I, I never got it. And then, you know, with the heel turn in 09, it just went. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. and I guess the thing was with the 09 thing was that, it was so obvious that he was still that hot. They cut his legs out from under him, gave him this straight edge society thing. He made that work as well. After the the undertaker punishment stuff, he made that work. (laughs) And, and it was like, that's why it was, everyone was just sort of like, you've, you've actually got a guy that got himself over with a heel turn, which is what you want. He's made it work. He was champion. He had a great feud with Hardy, which everyone still remembers. He gets over the straight edge society. Smackdown becomes must-see because everyone wants to see people getting their heads shaved and, you know, yeah. becoming Luke Gallows instead of Festus. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and it's, it's then so obvious that they cut him down that this reality-era thing begins to build of WWE won't get behind the people that they should be getting behind. You get NXT beginning, which is massive. Yeah. Um, you know, the game show version and obviously Daniel Bryan again almost mirroring the punk thing, coming with his legions of indie fans, actually uh convincing people that hasn't seen him before as well, just by how good that stuff he did with Jericho and Batista and so on was, 
that great view of Miz. And again, it's like, oh, this is a guy that they're just going to waste. And so with those two in particular, it just starts to build behind them. And in the background, you've got a classic WWE guy like Miz who rises to a WrestleMania main event um, yeah. again through through his own through his own hard work. So it's it's a really it's a really really interesting time period. I think that period just before you know that period just before SummerSlam 2013, that whole build up through those couple of years from you know beginning of eleven to uh you know to that SummerSlam it's like you could feel it building 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 and then you know uh, pretty much as this podcast was starting the whole 2013 yeah. thing uh with you know with um the the heel autumn champion that we all we all loved and with the Daniel Bryan uh chase for the gold and uh you know the Batista curveball and the shield and Punk v the rock and all that stuff was just it was top notch amazing wasn't it? It time really to be a was. Fan. yeah absolutely it was you know it, it will go down as, as my absolute favorite period in, in in wrestling you know sitting there watching it uh, as much as i i love the attitude era you know that holds a really uh, special place you know i think you know you add in the talking about it every week on on the show and um everything like that you know it just it, it, it was so exciting and you know they were getting things wrong but they were getting things right as well just like they have in every era but you know the proof was in the pudding at the end of the day we were having some fantastic stuff and you know it it just seemed to fall off a cliff it, it's hard it's hard to say how excited i was about the product you know five years ago and where i am now it's interesting looking back because if you look at you know, the 2010, sort of, you know, the 2000s, it's really obvious to pinpoint it. It's like, when Cena and Batista win those titles at WrestleMania 21, the product starts to suffer quite quickly. Um, and I remember, like, 2006 was the point where I stepped out for a good year and a bit, because it was just, like, you know, there was no... There was just no... There didn't seem to be any depth. They weren't really signing talent. The, the the talent they were trying to grow themselves wasn't up to it. You know, you had all these like things like DX reunions, which, mm-hmm. which just felt super lame. Um, Vince's car blowing up. Like, all these sorts of things that were happening. It was just like, what is, what is this? And then, of course, you get... You, you get the Benoit... You get the Benoit thing... Um, in the middle of it all as well uh, you know, Eddie's death Benoit's death and obviously like the whole product has to kind of refocus around Cena um, and so it just begins to feel very safe doesn't it and if you look at the 2010s it is that gradual thing again it's not that they lose the talent this time because obviously with the 2000 they lost the talent didn't they but but, yeah. but with the um, the 2010s you you basically just see from the point where Rollins injures his knee onwards, there's a very gradual decline, and you almost couldn't see it coming at the time, you know. But it all looked rosy, didn't it? If anything. But when you when you look at it, you look at um, uh, yeah, you look at that kind of period. Like you have Roman win at Survivor Series, Sheamus cashing in. 
Uh, you have Roman's sort of botched run in to WrestleMania 32. WrestleMania 32 as a whole happening. Um, you, you kind of then have Reigns' first title run, which kind of AJ Styles saves in a way. Um, and, and just the just the whole way in which you know the product starts to be put together you know it got more and more formulaic it, it got more and more you know bland it just felt the same way every week and and and, I, and then you have the brand split in uh the summer of summer of 16 uh yeah bloody has it that long and, and again like it's all a blur and, and i think you know I think that's what happens when wrestling is bad. If, if you've got a two or three year stretch where it's bad, you, you can't place anything in a year anymore. You, you don't know where it is, you know, because it's, it's that bad. And, you know, what I think the biggest problem is, is you've got this whole group of really, really talented guys come through. And you've almost got too many coming through at once. You know, they're coming through NXT, they're coming through through the rosters themselves, and they're not getting a chance. You know, a lot of them are not getting a chance. You know, that's all already been your problem in the 2010s, um, or, you know, the, that 28, 2006, really, a 2010. And, you know, when you're getting to this stage, they're even more talented even more talented guys yet there's no room for them and you have the issues even with two shows like you know the the push of Roman Reigns will always be very very problematic during that point and I'm glad that's not a, a shadow hanging over the the product anymore you know everybody has accepted that Roman Reigns is a good talent and WWE have called on pushing him quite so intently and almost screw you. You don't know what you want. This is what you get in, you know? And then on top of that, you've got this whole always reverting back to Brock Lesnar. When you've got all these guys that are sitting there that people think are ready, you've and on top of that, you, you've got the the part-timers coming back for the big shows again and again and again, and it's getting more and more and more, and it's happening more often. And, you know, then you know, obviously over the last couple of years, you've got the Saudi shows, which are emphasizing that even more. And now suddenly it's bloody <laughs> boxers and MMA stars that are getting these spots now. And, you know, it's... Well, what what about the guys that are out there doing the business every week? And, you know, there's always going to be a certain element of that uh, from the wrestling fan base. But, you know, it's none of them this time. You know, it, it's not a case of, oh, this one's getting pushed, this one's getting pushed and this one's not. It's like none of them are, you know, it's just there. There you go. You, you're going to have these guys instead. You're going to have 50 year olds and people from other industries. That's what you're going to get. Well, it's it's like um and and you see this you see this happen when a product doesn't have you know like a, a, a clear direction um because obviously there are there are bright spots even after 2016 there are there are bright spots you know like um some of what AJ Styles um you know was putting together um 
you know some of the the stuff that uh, th- that Rollins has done with the Intercontinental Championship and stuff like that. Um, you know, Kofi, of course, and that whole the whole way that that played out. Um, Daniel Bryan and and uh, you know impotent change it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, I think the problem is, is that the product has just become like bloated and there's not really a plan and it is roster positioning and it is like understanding how your roster fits together and you sign a truckload of talent when that talent was coming up from what used to be developmental and is now a third brand you don't have a plan for it and so it just you know it just all bumps around uh without any real form or structure um and as you say the reigns thing i mean the Reigns thing is interesting because it mirrors what they what they did with Cena, except they forget that Cena was popular first. Yeah, that's the big difference, isn't it? You know, Cena was popular on his own first. Cena got there, you know, and and Roman never did. You know, uh, not on his own as part of the Shield. He was absolutely one hundred percent hot, but you know that's that's not going to cut it. And you know, like I say, I don't I don't think the the era that we were in, in terms of social media and everybody having a say and being able to be quite so vocal about stuff and, and, and thinking that, you know, best that, that hasn't helped things either. So, you know, before it even happened, there were rumors, well, Roman's going to be the one that's, that's going to be pushed, obviously, you know, the whole, uh, punk comments on, on make Roman look strong. I don't think helped there as well, but you know, they, they were trying to do what, what they did in the 80s again and again and again and you know and and even when they had something like the undertaker match where afterwards he got booed out the building and he basically did that silent promo like he didn't give a fuck and it was like yeah this this is roman reigns and they just never never followed up on it um yeah and obviously then any idea of making a heel after you know he, he obviously went off and fought cancer you you're then almost back at square one. Uh, and, he's, yeah. and he's still obviously got some good, he's still living off the goodwill a little bit now. I mean, I don't really know what he's been up to lately, but it, it, you know, that, that was a massive error because it obviously was a really talented guy that they've essentially just, you know, ruined. Um, because no matter what he does now, no matter how good it is, a certain section of the fans are just never, ever going to be on board with him. Yeah. It's almost like he needs almost to fast forward to 2015 John Cena, US, US Challenge, John Cena. That's what Reigns almost needs to become now, um, but I, I just don't know if they'll uh, if they'll put it out. And obviously, then like you say, the the acceleration of the part timers, which you could see even the previous decade, you could see, but but now it's just become almost like an expectation that um, there'll be tons of them knocking about. Like, but having Batista be Triple H in a WrestleMania in 2019 is just like absolutely wild to me. They thought that was a good idea. It's mental, isn't it? It's like who's who? Who wanted this? You know, who who was asking for this? I mean, it was unexpectedly hilarious, but don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the match, but you know, it's you know, it's like where did it come from? But when you ally it as well to like Shane McMahon v v Miz, a face Miz, like yeah, it's so many, so many bizarre decisions. But you know, like it's like we said earlier on, like you could almost see the end of both these decades as well, certainly up to 2008 as not being particularly good. I mean, I remember that, that gross night of champions from like 2008 when like 
Cena and Triple H were the main event that they wrestled about 35 minutes and it was the most boring match I'd ever seen. And it was like, is this is this like, you know, what it's gonna be from now on? Just uh guy, you know, guy from the Astude era who was dominant versus guy from the brand split era who's dominant just for the rest of time. Yeah. Um, so it, they both have their flaws. It's interesting to think that you know, the creative boom was at the start of the two thousands and then in the middle of the of the twenty tens almost like sandwiched by as well i guess the stuff leading up to 2013 though was so promising that you didn't really mind um no it, it, it wasn't it, it wasn't it wasn't terrible you know i i, I think that the end of it really was you know the, the whole botching of the nexus angle and then as you got into 2011 uh, you know the, the tide started to, i mean it, it it was wasn't it it, it was punk you know, it, it it was that that whole situation that kick started it, and then you know, remembering at the same time you've got the whole um, Christian Orton thing, but you know, you've got change there. You've got some some interesting stuff going on there, and that's where suddenly, hold on a minute, it's good. You don't think about it at the time, but you know, when when you look back, you can you can see that change because, you know, we're in that, you know, I certainly was in that position where I was just there. I was watching it every week and, you know, it kind of blends into each other after a while. And then you, you don't notice how, how good that era had become for, you know, even a short time, you know, even when it's a summer where it's really exciting. Oh, definitely. You know, when when you're there in the moment, but yeah, I mean, it it definitely sparked change. There was a a lot of interesting stuff then, and you know you had you still had the bad stuff, but you, you know you had Punk as champion for a long time after the, the that had all evened itself out, and um, you know at the same time you were having the, the rise of Brian from from the mid card, which was which was very fun to watch, uh, you know, as well as, um, you know, even before that, he got really, really hot, you know, that rise of Brian once, once he got over that initial hump between his first US title run and, and winning the money in the bank briefcase, you know, was, was really, really interesting stuff as well. Yeah. You tend to forget that, don't you? Like how, how good, um, how good he was in that, roll up against Big Show and then up against Sheamus like it was um it was amazing fun and of course he had that great title match with Punk uh when he randomly switched brands just to be yeah you know, they did that whole 1A you know 1v1A thing didn't they with the uh yeah. when Punk had just won the title and 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 you know again it's it's a really yeah it's a really overlooked time that sort of you know 2012 stuff he had the bad stuff still like John Laurinaitis and God knows what else yeah <laughs> Big, big, big show, um, big show made event pushes and oh, the ironclad contracts was that ironclad contracts or was that oh, later? That, that was around that time, I think, wasn't it? Wasn't it? With... I'm pretty sure it was the dude with Laurinaitis. Yeah, yeah. I've got an ironclad contract. <laughs> oh dear. I mean, big show memes have obviously played a big part on this show, so it's yeah. important. 
Um, Absolutely. All right. So uh, creative wise, then it's it's interesting. It's, I, I feel like it's fairly even in that we got two amazing periods with some OK stuff and then some, you know, sort of fairly lamentable stuff. Um, it's quite interesting to look at the champions of the respective eras, like, you know, just as a sense of of uh, the direction that things were. So champion uh, in, in that era, we had Triple H. So in the first era, Triple H, obviously at the beginning uh, of that time, The Rock, Angle, Austin again, Angle again, Austin again, Jericho, of course, the undisputed uh, win, Triple H. Then it gets a bit weird, Hogan. <laughs> uh, Hogan and Taker, yes. that was all a bit strange. Rock, Lesnar for the first time. Uh, that random Big Show win. Um, there's lots of random Big Show wins when you look back through history, aren't there? Uh, yeah. Angle and Lesnar again. Angle and Lesnar again. And then it's interesting because Lesnar obviously is 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 doing the offs. So you get Eddie's win, and then of course the long JBL um, reign. Uh, in in SmackDown terms, and then of course uh, Cena uh, and Cena and Batista's obviously their uh, their their wins, um, and then you got people like Edge getting in there, Rob Van Dam. But it's interesting, like from then on, it's just the same names over and again. It's like Orton, Triple H, Edge, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And the only only real person that breaks in is Jeff Hardy. Yeah. Right up until Sheamus at the beginning of the era, we're talking about, you know, on the other side. So when you look at it from the, the 2010 point of view, you actually start 2010 with Sheamus as champion. Wow. Yeah, they do. The, the, yeah. With the table that, was, that was the table match, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the first the first run. Um, of course, Cena wins it back. Uh, then you get the Batista run to set up that WrestleMania 26 match. Uh, then Sheamus at Fatal 4-Way, I forgot that was a pay-per-view, uh, when Nexus interferes, and then your Orton, Miz, which was a Money in the Bank cash-in, Cena, then you get Punk, it gets a bit interesting after this, because they have that weird thing with Rey Mysterio's champion for like about an hour. Oh, gold, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then, then, then Punk, Del Rio, of course, with the SummerSlam cash-in, which obviously a lot of, you know, I remember that Tito column, I dare say. Um, <laughs> Cena, Del Rio, Punk, Rock, of course, random. Uh, Cena, Brian, and then you get the whole Brian, Orton, Cashin. Uh, Brian, my personal favourite champion of the entire 20 years, uh, Abeyance. Abeyance, good old Abeyance. <laughs> um, with Scott Armstrong with the, as being the crooked Oh, ref. my word. <laughs> Scott Armstrong doing his uh, best twin Hebner impressions. That's brilliant. Uh, then, or, yeah, so Orton and Brian. Um, more abeyance because of Brian's neck, neck injury. Cena, Lesnar, of course, with the whole beating Cena with 16 suplexes thing. Uh, Rollins with the cash-in. And then you're into this really weird era, aren't you, with, like, Reigns, Sheamus, Reigns, Triple H. Oh, yeah. Reigns, Rollins, Ambrose. uh, And then, obviously, then you get the second brand split again. So then you get Styles winning it off Ambrose. uh, And then the Raw champ. Who was, oh, Universal champ was Kevin Owens, wasn't it? 
Uh, yeah, it was like, so, the brand split. So Balor the... won it, and then Owens, after Balor yeah. had to go off with injury. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's all very odd. I mean, oh, God, Bray Wyatt. I mean, I forgot Bray Wyatt was champion before the Fiend thing, to be honest. Yeah, that was a that was something you really needed to forget. That whole Brandy Orton <laughs> Bray Wyatt. I mean that that really was that really was the pits, wasn't it? Um, Styles obviously had a long run, uh, almost a year in fact, uh, before Brian, and then Brian until Kofi, and of course Lesnar then beat Kofi in like what was it six seconds or some nonsense? Did 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 you just? Did you just like totally iron over my hole there? Did I miss that? Oh God! Yeah, well, if only. <laughs> he just like I'm. I'm not. I'm. I'm not acknowledging that. Uh, yeah, 170 days of Jinder Mahal as champ. Uh, I mean, I mean, it gave us an excuse to watch a Punjabi prison match, I suppose. Yeah, that's what you wanted. We we didn't want it in the first time round. No, absolutely. Very uh, very bizarre, very bizarre past Did... events that. Yeah, they, they made it for Carly, didn't they? And then Carly didn't even wrestle in it because he was too rubbish. And they have, did they have to have Big Show take his place or something bad like oh that? Oh, my God. It's just like, who on earth? It's like, I mean, I, I can't wait for the uh, the new brand exclusive pay-per-view, Punjabi Prison. That would be that would be something. All matches are Punjabi Prison matches. Um, so I think, to be fair, like, there's less weird stuff going on with the 20, well, with 2000s, definitely, than the 2010s. Even though it gets a bit stale towards the end, I'd probably take the 2000s sort of run of champions over. Yeah, I think so. You've got that strong front end, and, you know, although you've you, you've got that good talent coming up, and, yeah, there's just... Uh, I, I think we've got to go on the no gender Mahal um, <laughs> as the basis. No, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think we, if we can avoid Jinder Mahal, we should always avoid Jinder Mahal. To be honest. Um. So yeah, I I think I think from that point of view, there's just very obviously in the last decade a time when they just lost, they just lost their, you know, lost their way. Um. As soon as you get to, you know, that time period after the second brand split where they start, you know, it's just um. Yeah, just mad, really, to think about that. And, of course, Lesnar's runs were quite harmful, too. You know, like... Uh, yeah. You know, they just meant that, that one of the titles was just not on TV a lot of the time. Yeah. And, you know, that that's always, always hurt. And it was... You know, it was bad. And I say this all the time. I, I don't blame Lesnar. I think Brock Lesnar's a very good professional wrestler when he's booked to be and you know maybe when he's motivated to be but you know I, I i don't know where where the line crosses there but i still think essentially it falls on wwe because they're the ones that are paying him a shit ton of money and um you know letting him or giving him very limited dates to do that yet to be the one holding their brand and carrying their brand and it's still going on now you know well, this is the thing. It's it's like um, they just booked him to be uh, the monster, didn't they? Uh, so permanently that it's like 
any value that he could add is so limited by how strongly he's booked. Yeah. I think that's the long and that's the problem. That's the long and that, short that's of it. That's the really. problem. Yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, it's it's just, that's a sh- it's a shame really. Um because like used as a special attraction, you know, he'd have a lot of value. I just don't think he'd ever he should ever be in the title picture. No, not not Certainly, not at the moment. Not, not, not unless he's coming and wrestling a, a full-time schedule. Certainly not post-WrestleMania 31, you know. When they moved him on to The Undertaker, that should have been the cue for him then to be used in that way. Yeah. Um, oh, well. Um, never forget uh, mine and Plan's New Year prediction of Brock Lesnar going coast-to-coast in the Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> and then being in it for like seven seconds or something. Oh my word! Good times were had. Um, so uh, what else should we have a look at in terms of comparisons? I mean, uh, what about the big fours? Um, any years stand out as as being one that was really strong or weak for big fours? Well, you know, obviously we're talking the front end of um of the two thousands. Uh, again. 2000 maybe we've discussed the year where the big fours maybe didn't quite live up to expectation uh, as much as the rest of the year did but you know 2001 certainly excellent excellent year for the for the big four um 2002 as well definitely 2003 certainly along those lines bad, um, bad summer slam 2003 there wasn't it yeah yeah it, it's certainly not not as strong across the four as 01 and 02 uh, I mean look, looking ahead what, what else did we have 2014 seemed like a good year uh, jumping out as me as being uh, one where we had some 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 really good pay-per-views yeah, two, big, 2013, big 2013 and 2014 were both um, were both very good, weren't they? Um, yeah, no, sure. Uh, 2012 as well, I'd, I'd, I'd argue. Yeah, really good WrestleMania that year for sure. Um, Summer Sam 2012. What, what did we have in Summer Sam 2012? Oh, that was like Lesnar v Triple H, wasn't it? Oh, oh God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you did have like... Uh, You'd have like Ziggler, Ziggler Jericho was on there. Um, I else was on there really. I remember being okay, you know. I think I think 2013 with um, uh, with that with that brilliant like Survivor Series match with Cody and Goldust and stuff like that. Um, and yeah. plus the SummerSlam. Um, plus, uh, I mean the Rumble in 2013. I, in fact, I just did a sports entertainment with Dead on the uh, with Plan on the uh, the Rumble match in 2013, uh, which was really enjoyable. Even though Cena won it, it was a really enjoyable Rumble. Plus, you got those two Punk Rock matches. Um, so yeah, interesting. Um, uh, sort of obviously 2000, like you say, like maybe the Big Four wasn't so great, but all the other pay per views were, which is interesting. Oh one, you'd have to say. Everything was great, O one wise, big four. Yeah. Rumble, for sure. maybe the best ever. Uh WrestleMania, maybe the best ever. Uh SummerSlam, very, very good. Like almost like the WrestleMania eighteen to two thousand two's 
WrestleMania 17. Um, yeah. And then you've yeah. got... I think that's a good call, that. Survivor Series with um, that brilliant winner-takes-all match. Uh, so, yeah, I'd say 2001 was very, very strong. 2002, like you say, maybe the best SummerSlam ever. A very, very good WrestleMania, like maybe third or fourth best ever. Um, Rumble 02, I love Rumble 02. It's one of my favourites. I know some Same. people, some people yeah. don't agree, but I love the Rumble in 02. Um, yeah, I will as well. And the under and the undercard in O two, like, you know, you get um you get Edge Regal, you get uh uh what's the other great match in the undercard in that show? Um O two. Rumble Oh, it's, it's like Rock Jericho, isn't it? Oh yeah, of course. Um yeah. so that's all that's really good. Um and then O three, I mean great Rest very I mean sort of great, great WrestleMania. Rumble, not great. Mm, not very, no. Uh, Although, you know, Benoit and Angle. That's true. That's true. Rumble match. Rumble match isn't great, but, you know. Survivor Series, I guess. Survivor Series 03 is okay. Yeah, I like 03. Um, 04, uh, obviously good WrestleMania that year. 04 Rumble. Oh, Benoit. Benoit. Yeah, yeah that's, that is, yeah, that's a good one, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Survivor Series is that the Austin thing? No, that's O three, isn't oh, it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So O four uh, is like O four is brands the, running the brand the, thing. the alliance to end triple uh, triple H mania, <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it that one where they each get a week? Yeah, that's the one. That, that, that was O four, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, o five, you'd have to say, and not and not great really. Like an, I, I like the rumble. Yeah. I like the rumble in 05. You know, I like the story heading into WrestleMania in 05. It's a, yeah, it's an okay. Yeah, it's, a, it's an okay rumble. Uh, it's an okay WrestleMania. I mean, I quite like 21 as it goes. Uh, SummerSlam, it's a great SummerSlam, to be fair. Yeah, SummerSlam 05 is a very good one, for sure. And a good Survivor Series. I mean, no better than good, but I'd say it was good. Uh, yeah. 06 absolutely disgustingly bad I would say on the whole yeah um, across the board you know that horrible rumble uh, yeah. oh, Wrestlemania, WrestleMania. Uh, it's probably the best uh, of the big four that year but it's not great I didn't like that WrestleMania at all it was one of those WrestleManias where everyone I wanted to win lost yeah uh, 07 again most of the good stuff in 07 is in non-big fours really yeah, yeah, yeah. I quite like the Rumble in 07. They pretty much botched WrestleMania that year. They could have had a good thing and it didn't quite live up to hype. Uh, 07, I can't really remember, SummerSlam. Oh, it's terrible, really bad. Is that that whole thing where they where Triple H came back from injury? Oh, God, yeah, and Barry Booker. Yeah, again. Yeah, again. <laughs> right. Oh, dear. Uh, so, yeah, I'd, it's interesting. I'd say... I mean, again, if you look at... Oh, eight's a good year. Oh, eight's a pretty good year, relatively. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not as fond of that Rumble as some people are, but but yeah, no, decent. I, I mean, you know, I, uh, the, the Rumble was all about the um, the return, wasn't it, really? But, um, you know, WrestleMania that year, 23. 23. 
Oh, I hate 23. <laughs> yeah, I hate 23. Yeah. He's 22, I hate. Oh, I can't stand 23. That, that Cena-Michaels match literally makes me want to throw my TV out the window every time I watch it. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and, and shout out to anyone who uh, who visits at the LOP uh, Columns Forum where we're currently doing the uh, greatest Raw match of all time where we dumped Cena versus... Uh, Cena versus... HBK from TV when they went an hour, we dumped it out in the first round, oh, which I'm very, very proud of my co, uh, my co, writers in that one for like, yeah, not having that. Uh-huh. No, it's rubbish. Just because it's long doesn't mean it's good. Go away. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maz is uh is is doing double comeback like podcast and writing uh, in in the same week. Amazingly, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but yeah, uh, oh wait, that, that's a good good SummerSlam that year. Very good SummerSlam in oh eight, I think. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, that's where Batista Cena and stuff, isn't it? Cena Batista, you've got the uh, Hell in the Cell. You've got a um, really good card that year. It, it's uh, well worked. It, the the Adamly SummerSlam. <laughs> Jesus, what a, what a time to be alive. Um, yeah, so looking at the other decade, um, I would say, obviously, like, 14 is, is exceptional, 13 is exceptional. 15, 12's pretty good. 12's pretty good. 11 is, oh, I hate that WrestleMania, but but I like, I hate that Rumble. Uh, I mean, they, they you, you, you want, you just want money in the bank, don't you, from that year? Yeah, yeah. Although actually, um, Survivor Series Eleven's pretty good, you know. Del Rio Punk, a few other bits on there. Barrett or but Team Barrett v Team Orton, great hipster classic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's it's interesting. Like, um, I mean, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. You're just looking like it's just looking like. Uh, the rumble, it just the all rumble. runs into each other. Yeah, you know? the, there's the some good stuff in there, good. but I just. It's all a blur in my head. I don't know. I don't know what it. You know what's what. What's was that from that year? It might have been. I enjoyed that match. That was all right. Yeah. Just, yeah, that was okay. What year was it? I can't remember. Well, seventeen you know. was the worst because seventeen was obviously like that WrestleMania with Bray Wyatt and Orton and God knows what else in it. Ugh. You know, like Orton winning the Rumble. For God's sake. Oh, that was. You know, they they had it all the wrong way around that that whole story was just insane it's like right let's let's use Bray Wyatt to get Randy Orton over in 2017 what what why what you what yeah what's the point in any of this you know if they switched roles on that it would have been really good and I remember at one point I was like really into the storyline because it started with a match with no heat whatsoever but then you know Orton becoming like part of the Wyatt family it got interesting for a bit and they looked like they were going somewhere with it and they just did it all the wrong way round. Hot shotted the title to Bray Wyatt for his first world title win just to put Orton over at WrestleMania after he got chased down the aisle by a giant sperm. Yeah, what? Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Like, it's just absolutely mad to think about it now. Um, but there was the House of Horrors match, so. Well, I mean, every cloud. <laughs> Yeah, no, rubbish. Um, yeah, so I, I'd say that definitely then, looking at it, the 2000s got the edge on the uh, on, on the big four pay-per-views. Uh, although, I, you know, you'd probably say that 
the 2010s have definitely got the edge on the minor pay-per-views. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think we had a lot of, uh, you know, I, I think the reason why is because you you had that part-timer thing come so much to the fore in, in the 2010s, and certainly as the as it went on more and more, that they just kind of saturated the big fours, and then you got the people that were actually doing the business were just, you know, getting on with it, and their WrestleManias were your battlegrounds and and the like well it's the thing i mean i think about all those really good um non-big four shows that we had like things like payback 13 um things like money the bank 11 uh i mean even things like um you know like some of the i mean what was it one of the hell in the cells which was really good one year recently i think uh you know tlc has had a couple of good ones um yeah. so yeah it's it, it, it's always it's always been i think a, a, a decade of the minor pay-per-views being because of the maybe because of less expectation on them or as you say the part-timers you know it's meant that there's uh there's more there yeah no for sure for sure so yeah i guess you can you can put that as a as an even big big four for the for the noughties and uh minors for the tens no, absolutely uh so i mean uh, have we come to any conclusions before we before we sign off about uh, you know which which decade we think did it better, or is it just a rest- no. or is it wrestling cyclical and there's always going to be good and bad times? Uh, I, I think that that sums it up really. You know, there's there's positives in in both eras, there's negatives in both eras, and you know what that hopefully does to me with a very lapsed fandom at the moment and you know others who i know are in the same boat is you know there's probably something decent around the corner yeah absolutely absolutely i mean you know uh it's always that thing when you're watching from a distance where you're like oh that looks okay i'll, I'll check that out yeah point, you know um so yeah i mean that's that's where i am as well so i dare say it always draws you back eventually doesn't it yeah i mean that's it isn't it something's gonna happen you know Punk's going to wrestle, you know, uh, Rollins, and you're going to be, well, I'm going to have to. We might even get a, a WrestleMania. I was actually sitting in the car the other day thinking, if we got a WrestleMania, would I even bother going right now? <laughs> you know, <laughs> after all those years of, like, if it was a WrestleMania, you know, uh, I, I'm not even convinced I'd go if we got one. But, you know, like I say, something will happen. Something will happen because, you know, as much as I've cancelled my network and I'm not watching the TV, I'm not unfollowing accounts, this stuff that's that's there. And, you know, sooner or later, something's going to, you know, pique my interest so much that I'm going to right, I'm going to have to watch that. And, you know, with the Rumble coming up, WrestleMania season, you know, there's a big chance that, that something will happen. It's a shame it wasn't John Morrison coming back because, you know, that's something I've been wanting for so long and... You know, you waited till I was gone and now I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Jomo. Um, yeah, I, I think for me, it's like uh, I absolutely intend to sort of, you know, I mean, the TVs, certainly main roster TVs, no, no way. Uh, I certainly do intend to, to get Survivor Series um, as soon as I actually have some time because I don't have all that much at the moment. Um, 
I mean, I have to say, like, I saw, you know, bits of Rhea Ripley being dominant and was like, okay, I, you know, I'm a big, big fan of her. I'd like yeah. to see that, you know. Um, if they do Ripley v. Baszler at any point, I'm, I'm so 100% all in on that. Um, yeah, that looks like it's, you know, from my limited bit, um, uh, viewing of seeing stuff, it looks like it's on its way, doesn't it? Yeah, so I, that would certainly be something that that that, uh, that I'd be interested in. So, but yeah, there, there's definitely there'll definitely be something. There always uh, there always is. I think that's the moral of the story. Absolutely. Right. So from the right side of the ponds, uh, we've been talking about uh, the decade of wrestling and the decade before that. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I think plan our next back next week so we can uh, resume. Is, is he- has, has he not dumped you for Miz fan? Is he just not recording with Miz fan every week now? I mean, who knows? Who knows? He's a he's a mysterious fellow, is our plan. But if he's back next week, we shall uh, be resuming our trek through 1995 um, with In Your House three. Uh, if not, we may have some other ideas up our sleeve. So from the right side of the ponds, have a great weekend, and we'll see you later. Bye.